joins the WAX, W-A-C-S, 1954, channel we like, make them laugh, the official Donald O'Connell fan page, and I would recommend subscribing to it, a lot of great Donald O'Connor movies, as you know, he's done five of these movies, yeah, yeah, and he's done a lot of things, he's the guy from Singing in the Rain, so we're very excited that there's a fan who posted this, so Click that link, hit pause, move your timer to zero, zero, zero. We have a special treat coming up. Give you some time to get ready. We have a special comedian who's going to do our celebrity comedian countdown with Carl. I haven't heard this, but I know it's probably the best we ever have. So, Carl, <laughs> take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Mike Lauro. Welcome, Mike. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, Mike, you are new to comedy. We see each other out there at the open mics on the shows that you produce. You've had me on once or twice. But how long have you been doing comedy? What got you into it? Gotcha. I've been doing it for about two and a half years now. I started... Voice getting loud. Uh, I started literally two weeks before the first lockdown of COVID. Huh. So yeah, so that's how, that's how it's easy for me to remember. I started like two weeks right before COVID, and I I've always wanted to do comedy. It was something like I always just like I always dreamed of doing, but I just never like had the confidence to. Uh-huh. And finally one day I just said, "Why am I waiting?" So I just went into it and did it. And so what? You went to an open mic. Where was your first open mic? Yeah, so actually, uh, I I grew up in Staten Island, so I knew a couple people that just so happened to do comedy. I knew uh, Stephen Duca, who I'm not sure if you know, and John Uh Kirshner. And so I hit them up, and I was like, hey, I'm looking to start uh, stand-up. Do you have any, like, tips or anything you can give me or tell me, like, where I can go to start? And they were running an open mic at the time, so they were just like, hey, come here this day. It was kind of just that quick. Perfect. So you are not a newbie anymore, even though maybe two years isn't so much. But I mean, I see you up there. You've got your persona and your style. You've got material. You know, are you feeling more confident nowadays? Like you're, I mean, you're in our clique, right? You're one of us. No, yeah, I feel, I feel super confident now. It was kind of like, it was one of those moments where I started feeling confident even early on, but obviously just growing my voice on stage is where I need to start getting more confidence, and that's where I'm like, I feel like I'm hitting my stride finally, which is nice. Now you are hitting your stride, not just as a comedian, but you're also a comedy producer. Uh, what got you into that? You're just making your own gigs, or what got you inspired to be a producer? It was something like I've, I've wanted to just try to do my own show for a while because I always felt like it, it seemed like a fun thing to do. Uh-huh. Like and give more stage time, of course, is always good, too. So it was something that I was looking to uh, explore, and then finally I found a place that wanted to do a show, and that's how we made it work. Nowadays, you do a regular show at Hijinks. Hijinks. It's H-I-G-H Jinx because it's a, it's a, um, uh, it's a dispensary. Tell us about that show, when it is, where it is, and how you got into it. Yeah, so actually, I went on uh, Facebook. They have all these groups for all different neighborhoods, like around Jersey, New York, things like that. And I kind of just put in those groups. I was like, hey, I'm a local comedian. I'm looking to do a comedy show. Do you know of any bars or restaurants or anything or looking to do a show? And the owners of where I do my comedy show, Scarlet Reserve Room, 
they hit me up and they were like, hey, we would love to do a comedy show. If you want to come through, we could talk about it. So that's what happened. I, I basically, they com- they commented on that post and then like a week later I went there and we talked about it and we got it figured out. Now, this is hijinks? Yeah. Okay. Now, that's in uh, Red Bank, New Jersey, right? Tell everybody what day of the week it is and time and you know, it's every, it's not once a month, it's once a week, right? So it was, we were doing them once every other week, but now we're going to start doing uh, one paid show per month, and that's going to be every fourth Friday of the month, and that you can pay for admission as well as pay for a pre-rolled joint because it is 420 friendly. Yeah, it's very 420 friendly. <laughs> now, I'm not admitting on this podcast that I purchased uh, marijuana there, but I did purchase marijuana there. <laughs> I really appreciate you booking me on that show. Now, one of the other things I wanted to get to, I wanted to promote your podcast. Now, it's called Better Off Drunk. And who is your co-host and where can people find this? Uh, Steve Picaro is my co-host of that. And he's a great, great dude, great comic. You can find that on YouTube for the videos. And then you can find it anywhere you can listen to podcasts as well. Okay, so Better Off Drunk, you recommend YouTube, though, because they can see the video, but it's yeah. on any, any of those serve, you know, I, I, uh, pod, Apple Podcasts and uh, um, what, Spotify? Yeah, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any of those. I definitely recommend the video, though, because so the idea of the podcast is me and Steve have two other comedians come on, and then we just play drinking games. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun to watch us play the drinking games. It's, it's a lot harder to p- follow it when you're uh, listening. And then when you're watching the video, you can play along with us. So yeah, that's perfect. And things are better off when you're drunk. So better exactly, off. Man. That's the motto. <laughs> okay. Now, Matt, Matt uh, Mike, how can people find you out there on social media, on the internet? Do you have a website, your Instagram handle? Give us the lowdown. How can people follow you and go to shows? Yeah, so you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at, at Mike Loro Comedy, and then on Facebook as well, Mike Loro. Uh, you can also follow the Hijinks Comedy at, at Hijinks Comedy on Instagram, and so you can follow us anywhere. You can follow the Hijinks to get tickets and go to the show, or you can follow me just for laughs and go to my other shows. It's L-A-U-R-O, Loro, L-A-U-R-O. Okay, great. Okay, well, thank you for being on, Mike. Now, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie at the same time as we do here in the studio. So everyone at home must press play at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Mike Loro, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right, guys, let's get it going. You're going to hit the button when I hit go, okay? You're going to say three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian, for that Celebrity Comedian countdown, and best of luck to you. Best of luck to you, Comedian. Yes, Comedian, thank you for your URL and your background and your service. We're ready to watch a movie. Time to watch Francis the Talking Mule. Yeah, man. Wow, man. This this film is whack. (laughs) Who was the whackness? Woman's Auxiliary Corps. Chill Wills. Yeah. Now he's the voice of uh, Francis the Talking Mule. Yeah. Now in the other films, he was the voice. There were seven of them. He was the voice, and he was uncredited. 
because back then they just didn't credit voiceovers. Why? Why? I don't know. But in this film, he's credited because he plays a general. And because he has the same voice as the mule, they play with that a lot. A lot of the times, it's never explained why, and it's never clearly... I guess I guess they think you know they're winking at the audience. The audience understands it's his voice. Does do they make jokes about it? Like so, they're like fourth wall breaking a little. Um, a little bit. Now this is the view of the nine eleven bombers. Now, look, it's been 21 years, people. Calm down. I can make a joke. It's been 21 years. Right. Come on. Don't you remember they bombed the Pentagon, too? And they bombed that field in Pennsylvania. What devastation! They did it. Well, that was not intentionally. The the people, if I remember oh. that movie right. Oh, I thought they were trying to kill the crops for this season. Did you ever see that movie, Depressing Plane movie, where they uh, <laughs> based on the true life story? Nope. You know what I'm talking about? They had no, a movie it a about 9/11. Yeah, I think I heard of it because it's all about how they take them down. I don't think I would ever want to watch that movie. Now this is our star Peter Sterling, and he is Donald O'Connor. He's so young looking. Now he was in the other films in the army, and here he's in the reserves. He works at a bank, and they're calling him back to duty, and he won't go. He won't go. Oh, that's reason right there, buddy. Yeah. Well, they can't do this to me. They can't do this to me. They want me? No mistake, he hits the alarm. Uh-huh. Bank robbery. That he stepped so, on the button. That was so, um, well. Oh, now, I'm not going to do it, Carl. I'm not going to do it. Cut to the next scene. You're in full military right. uniform on a train. On a train heading yeah. to duty. Fort Chase. Hmm. Southern. Yeah, you don't have to tell me this is a Southern movie. Southern California. Look at those. We're, uh, we're certainly trees. not South, right? I mean, yeah, Southern California, I guess. This okay. was filmed completely. This was in San Diego, Van Nuys. And it was in Universal Studios. And... Oh, no. Donkey's ass. Mule's ass. Well, who could that be? <laughs> yeah, we can't make our joke. Uh, you, this guy's a little horse. Oh, yeah, because he just won't shut up. Because he's a mule. Now, coincidentally, he sees his old mule friend, Francis. Yeah, who also got into the wax, right? Well, it's really a dumb plot point. Somehow he heard that the computer screwed up and Peter Sterling was getting signed to assigned to the wax. So he got himself there assigned to the animal experience, exper experiments department mm. just so he could get there and get his friend Peter out of trouble. It's the dumbest plot point ever. Animal experiments, man. That's fun. They feed you some fucked up sugar cubes. <laughs> you got like a horse boner the first time. Your mane's growing out. Then you eat the placebos and you're crashing. Ooh, look, we Whoops. just bumped into our mane. That's a terrible hero. 
This is Captain Jane Parker. She is Julie Adams in real life, and she's our main whack. Wait, she's named after the Star Trek captain? No, she's... Oh, you're thinking of Picard. This is no, Captain... I'm thinking of Jane. Yeah, right. Right. Jane what? Jane Way? Jane Way. No, Jane Jane Way? I never watched that series, Voyager. I thought they're just ripping me off. They're just trying to squeeze another Star Trek out of me. They're still Jane... doing that. They're yes, still, they are. They're still fucking you up. They're still saying... No, I'm Wait. fucking them up. I'm not watching the new Star Trek. Wait a minute. Carl, oh, well, that's great. Look at that guy. Love yeah, it. that was funny, right? Yeah. I now, like here that. comes Jane again, and there's going to be more trouble. Janeway. Bongo! I can't date you. Too much baggage. <laughs> Guess what? In respect, I respect this film in that there isn't any dating. There isn't any love interest. Right. It doesn't. Le oh, look what he's oh, going to no. <laughs> That old gag. Running out of train gags. Darn it. Darn it. Oh, now her uniform's all wet. Are you okay? Oh, fine! Just fine! MP, MP's gonna fucking drag him away. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, buddy. You, so you saw it was an accident, yes, but a little dignity. Leave her a little dignity. Yeah. Oh, I guess the MP stands for man police. You did good. <laughs> Don't let her see this. Peter Sterling, he's lieutenant. Lieutenant. Let me write that because I keep. So that. he's in the reserve. So was there a war going on? Korean War. Uh, there was the Korean War. I'm not clear on the dates of it. Right. But he will not be. He's not going up to the front line. It's so strange. It's these war comedies after World War II. Yeah. Now here we have a funny joke. This is like a wax. He's expecting all these women to show up to get transferred. So he goes. One minute, please. Let the ladies in first. Like, then he takes a look and, like, you're a man, but he doesn't say it. He's just like, huh? Huh? Where you got a dick? Women? He looks at his dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's like, There's, I see a bulge in your pants. Yeah, I leaned over. Luggage. Pack and luggage. Excess luggage. So he goes, here's his orders. This paperwork seems to be okay. And And look, you know, Peter Sterling is oblivious that he's assigned to the wax. I mean, why would he think that, you know? Right. Then he yeah. goes, his papers are in order. It came from Washington. He said, George or Martha. <laughs> oh, right. Is he Glenn or Glenda? I guess that movie came out around the same time. I always think of the cheap trick song from the wax, you know, Surrender. Yeah, you were, because that song was so complicated and switches so many gears. I don't remember any of the words, especially because that's the part where it's like the sing-along part where everyone knows, except who knows that was the lyrics other than yourself. Yeah, well, mommy's all right, daddy's all right. They just seem a little weird. Everyone sings along with yeah. that. Yeah, the lyrics are weird. Uh, the lyrics don't rhyme on purpose. They no, none of the lyrics rhyme in the film in the in the song, and it's so awkward sounding. I did have the opportunity to see them live, and they did that song, and it was just fucking balls to the wall, great. Oh, that's it, terrific. It's part of the song. It's a, it just turns into another song halfway through. But I you know. Were saying, I always think that is a cheap trick. That is a, such a cheap trick. I think they they named that song after me because I didn't tip a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> so you can you say the lyric, though? Because people won't even remember it. Uh, uh, 
Daddy says your mother's right. She's really up on things. Why, before we married, mommy served in the wax in the Philippines. Now, I had heard that the wax recruited all maids for the war, but mommy isn't one of those. I've known her all these years. Mommy's all right. Mommy's all right. And the, the thing about that song is that it just works on so many different levels, right? You're a young kid and you're just screaming it. And then when you're a parent, you're like, yeah, god damn it. Yeah, you catch yeah. your parents having sex to your KISS records. Damn it. <laughs> what, your false deadly solo album? Yeah, for the first time ever. No, it was Numbers Up. Numbers Up was the KISS record they were rocking and rolling. Yeah. So now he's discovered that he's in the wax. What the fuck? This is a starlet, okay? Um, her name is uh, Mamie Van Doren, and she's alive today. She's one of the only people who's still alive today, and she was like a real sex symbol. Yeah, rock and roll high, rock and roll high school, rock and roll confidential was a great movie with her. Well, I didn't catch that one, but that sounds exactly right. Uh, best remembered for. For the rock and roll juvenile delinquency exploitation film Untamed Youth in 57. She was in Voyage to the Planet of the Prehistoric Women. Oh, was she a visitor or prehistoric women? I can only assume. And she's being all cutesy here. Like, they're expecting a A bunny Sterling. And obviously, Peter Sterling's not. Whoa! Oh my goodness! Oh, Jesus Christ. She was only 85% dressed. <laughs> now, here's okay. our top dog lady, okay? She is Major Louise Simpson, and she was like a sexy, sexy starlet, too, in the 40s. But now it's the 50s, and she plays more matronly roles. Nice. Now, we all know. this is still our main whack, the one who got all doused with water, uh, Julie Adams, yeah. Now, why did they have a Star of David with an A on it? Um, for asshole? I don't know the answer. Jewish, Jewish asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to wear it on your sleeve, boys. Hey, did you just sleep with my Jewish wife? Nah, why would you say that? Because you got a scarlet A on that Star of David on your shirt. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's an adulterer's. Yeah, you always sleep with Jewish men, Jewish married men. Was David, King David, the one who sent, who had the affair with uh, Jezebel and sent the, the, no, that wasn't King no. David, it was a different one. Okay, never mind. That would work for the A. Yeah, right, Jezebel. Jezebel. Now look at that clock on the wall. I swear to God, it's like elementary and high school when we were growing up. Oh, it looks like it's not 420 anymore, Carl. You can stop smoking. <laughs> Now she's getting offended with like, uh, I think you wax are great in your place. You know, we're getting a lot of- Oh, Battle of the Sexes in this movie. Yeah, we're getting a lot of, see, he never means anything sexist, but they always get offended and take it sexist. The thing is, it is sexist, but he's just repeating the no, the, the, the zeitgeist of the day, you know? Go ahead, listen to him worm a yeah. little. In their place. In their place. The fuck? Well, I'm just saying it could be anywhere. It could be here. It could be in the kitchen. In the kitchen. (laughs) Hello, sick symbol. Turn it up because it's fun. No, no, not yet. It's a star. 
she goes, he goes, what? He goes, something wrong? And she goes, not yet. Yeah, don't fuck him. Yeah. But you're saying he's, he doesn't fuck any of them. He doesn't. Oh, yes, yes, they used to sell a snake. I can imagine, yeah. I used to take some of them home with me. You did? Oh, yes. You did? Yes, miss! I'm sorry, but it's been 10 minutes without a fucking talking donkey, and I'm going through withdrawal. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're not going to meet this donkey. Well, it's coming up. He's going to go to his quarters. He's going to go to sleep tonight, and donkey's going to show up and explain himself. Now, have you ever seen the movie Hot to Trot? Bobcat no. Goldwave, John Candy is a talking horse. He got credit as Don oh. Horse. Should uh, I see it? Yeah, I'll tell you why. It's one of the worst movies you'll ever see. Oh, Danny right. Coleman's in it. He, uh, I do not enjoy that experience. Virginia Manson is a professional actor, though. I read an interview with Dabney. He couldn't say anything nice about the talking horse movie. He has buck teeth in the movie. Dabney. Okay. And uh, Gilbert Gottfried plays the veterinarian at the end of the movie. <laughs> He's got the horse on like a dentist chair. Now turn your head and cough. Uh, I sound a little hoarse. Doctor, you should listen to yourself. Yeah, yeah no, it's... there's this one scene in which the general, who's the voice of the horse, yeah, get, or the mule, gets like horse. And I don't understand why he does. Okay, now we're going to see the mule. Finally. Sorry, you got to open a window so the mule can show up. Right. It's like every Mr. Ed episode. It's like, yeah, Mr. Ed. I think that Mr. Ed totally ripped off this series. Yes, the absolutely. The thing is, director Arthur Lubin did it. So. Oh, so it's the same creative forces. Off. No, okay. it's just. Director Arthur Lubin. Several Abbott and Costello films, Phantom of the Opera in 43, wow. the Francis the Talking Mule series, and he created the Talking Horse TV series, Mr. Ed. So is he ripping himself off? I don't think no, so. No, it's just an evolution. He's like, you can see the peanut butter falling out of the, the donkey's mouth. Um, oh, oh. That's right. They, to credit to this film, they don't do too many tricks with right. like, doing it in reverse, then forward, then reverse. Uh, it's pretty good. You see the way he's got his mouth going there? It's Yeah, no, it looks good. They're not faking it. They're it is this Mr. Ed thing where suddenly they're talking at a window and the horse comes in or... They're at a, you know some area where the horse could just kind of show stable. up. Stable, mm -hmm. yeah, stable. So now oh, I... he's he's explaining the thin plot that he found out he was in trouble and came to look for him. He had to get himself assigned to the animal experiments department. It's it's kind of cheap, but I mean it's our what is this? This is our edition. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking about that too, like. Police Academy Five, I think, was up. Uh, maybe Miami. Uh, when, when they go to Miami. Okay. Well, I mean, this film is no slouch. Uh, this film did better than. Um, uh, uh, okay, wait. Let me find it exactly. Um, uh, hey, 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 hey. What's this? See, What's they this? overheard 
the horse, uh, the mule. So they think there's a woman in there. Ugly as a mule. And I heard she's Not stubborn as a mule. Oh, donkey. Okay. Donkey. It's not jumping out and biting me, but this film did better than the sequel number two and number three and number four. This one had good box office. No, okay. I, I really wanted to do a Francis the Talking Mule movie uh, on our show because I, I've always heard about this. So I wanted to find the most interesting one. I didn't want to find like – I didn't want us just to watch another drab one. Gotcha. And I picked this because of Zazu Pitts, who's a regular. Uh, Mamie Van Doren, who I read on IMDb, did not want to be in this movie. She did not want to be in this movie. And she had – Clint Eastwood was her friend. Uh, and let me – like yeah. I said, she's still alive, and she's trying so hard to be a sex symbol today. She has, like, plastic surgery and stuff. Mammy Van Doren didn't want to be in the film, but she was contracted to Universal and had to do it. Clint Eastwood was her friend of hers and found out she was in it, asked her to help him get a part. She said, God, why are you trying to get into that movie? I'm trying to get out of it. The only reason anyone starred in that film because they were forced to do it. Well, he was in Joins the Navy, I believe. He was in a Francis movie. Clint Eastwood. I believe, yeah. We saw Clint Eastwood in uh, Bonzo Goes to College, too. Clint what? Clint Eastwood. Was... Wasn't he in Bonzo Goes to College? No. Was he no. in Bonzo? No, oh, I would have been all over that shit. I thought I saw a movie where he was holding a monkey. It well, must have been. orangutan in any which way but blue. <laughs> Is that what you mean? It's not what Bef you mean. Yeah, it was before that. He's like a tall drink of water, like the young Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I guess I don't know about that. Okay, so <clears throat> by mistake, this woman is in the same bunker as him. And <clears throat> he's about to go, excuse me, and she'll go, ah, you know, that kind of thing. And the MPs run in and take him to the, the <laughs> um, major's office. And, oh, I'm sorry to disturb you. Ah, ah. Wait, it's, it's too dark. Wow. What's he scream? Some cute 1950s uh, styles. Yes. Yeah. Nobody in here, huh? Look, he puts his head under because it's a comedy. <laughs> oh, shit. It's the Madam Police. <laughs> MPs. Ms. Police. Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah, Ms. Pac-Man. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, but it isn't true. Now, I know what you're thinking, but it isn't true. Then he comes into this office and goes, I know what you're thinking, but it isn't true. Isn't it obvious that this was all error and that he, he a guy is in a lady's auxiliary? No, they know it's a mistake and they're getting him transferred out, but he's spending the night, you know, and... They didn't realize that he might cause trouble, like having one guy in there. But he was supposed to be isolated in his own barracks, and it was a screw-up that that woman came and got gotcha. him off. They do that a lot. Two incidences one night? Two incidents? Now, she was a... This woman in the 30s and 40s was like a statuesque, sexy man-killer. She was in 150 movies. Wow. And she's got two stars on the Walk of Fame because when her movie 
career started to dry up because she got older and she wasn't, she couldn't play. Yeah. She turned to television and she got real smart. So she got two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So one star has a film uh, projector. Yeah. And then the other one has a TV set. Yes. Was she on Um, radio? Does she have a radio one? She doesn't. Commenting on her other woman roles, Barry once said, I seem to be a woman always with a gun in her purse. I'm terrified of guns. Oh my God, I go from what? What? Francis was out the window. You missed it. Yeah, and he what he's doing is saying, like, nice ass, toots. Go ahead and play it. And she's like, how dare you? Yeah, you're the one with the nice ass. That's really gold-bricking. So I try to tell her, I can see right here what you tried to tell them. That a mule talked to you. They didn't believe me. And neither would I. So don't pull any of that mule hanky-panky around here. <laughs> mule hanky-panky. I mean, oh, yes, ma'am. For lack of clear-cut evidence, I will not press charges against you. But let me make one thing quite plain. Until you are transferred out, you're a whack officer. You will think as we do and do as we do. Everything? Everything. <laughs> that is whack. You want me to whack off? You want to whack yeah, because they say whack officer, and you hear whack off a lot. <laughs> I forgot about whack officer. <laughs> Mama says your mother's right. She's really up on things. Why, before we married, Mommy served in the wax in the Philippines. That's right, yeah. Hey, all right. Now, in the movie, I don't understand why he comes out in his bathroom. It's right, he is in the military. There isn't some mistake. He comes out and joins the troops in his... I don't understand why you're wearing a skinny tie and Speedo. I mean, just because you're playing cheap trick doesn't mean like... <laughs> uh. Now I had heard the wax recruited old maids for the war But mommy Look at that. He's at least wear a shirt, Donald. But for what? Why does he come out like that? I don't get it. Now he's like fall in line and do the exercises with them. He's like, oh, it's a big mistake, and that's why I'm naked. You can wear some clothes, goddammit. Did he not think that he had to go for military training in the morning? I don't know, and I don't know why he comes out like this. And they're giggling. There's our main whack, our captain. Yeah, she looks great. That haircut. Let's see here. That's Dean Parker. Now, she was in everything, man. She was all over TV. Was that Sazu Pitts? No, Zazu Pitts is like a wacky lady who's in the infirmary. She's with the animals, and she was in the first movie. She's reprising her role. On the fifth movie. Yes. So the um, sixth and seventh movie, the director went on to do Mr. Ed, and Donald and Chill Wills wasn't in it. It was Mickey Rooney. Mr. Ed was a movie, not just a TV no, show? No, no, but when they did Francis uh, Francis in the Haunted House, and I think oh. the other... It was Mickey Rooney taking over, and it was really? uh, Paul Freer did the last voice, the, the famous uh, voice talent from Disney. You recognize his voice. 
I, I, I can't do this voice right now. So they're all giggling at him. I didn't know this. I don't think they should have done that. I think they should have sticked to their genuine roots. Well, I think it's just they wanted the series to continue. You know what I mean? Like how there's yeah. always air buddies and space buddies. They want their know. money. Yeah. Like talking animal movies are, are great kid fodder, you know? I'm trying to think of a talking animal movie I like. Like the animal talks. Oh, I guess Polly. Did you ever see that with Jay Moore and Buddy Hackett? No. It was like a, a smart ass parakeet. No, I never did. It's not bad. It's cute. Yeah, I never understood talking animals. Like, do they they understand humans, but they don't understand their other animals? Yeah, I guess not. And they can't talk to their other animals. They don't speak English. You know, talking dogs creep me out because dogs use their mouths not only to talk but to fucking attack people and and you know, right. yeah. So this it's talking, but it's also the same set of jaws it's going to use to kill an animal. Okay, I never think of it that. Look, his back is hurting. <sighs> So now we're going to get more mistaken sexist stuff. Why don't you go listen uh, to sure. it? You can get offended. I heard Donkey Kong called. He wants his barrel back. Oh, I see. Uh, you men went into the rugged things, no doubt. Oh, yes, up to court and that sort of thing. You know, steal that wall, jump that hurdle, and, and climb that landing net. You mean copyright scores, Lieutenant? Me wax don't use it. Yeah, well, it's pretty strenuous. It wasn't meant for women. And I'm sure the women would appreciate it if you'd show them how it's done sometime. All right. Maybe I can even get a few volunteers to help you. Wonderful. Me? Yes, you, Lieutenant. What? What did I get myself into? What did I talk myself into? He's got one of those Jack Lane bodies. Right? Like, you know, nowadays guys are like, I can't wait to have a four-pack ab. Yeah, every time a guy takes off his shirt in a television show or a movie, he's he's like a guy who goes to the gym. Right. It's really not realistic. So I was watching this thing called um, The Good Place. It's just a Ted Danson streaming show. Yeah, right. Yeah, the sitcom. And so there was this guy. He's named Chidi, and he's a bit, he's a professorly guy. He's like a professor of philosophy, and it was ridiculous. He took his shirt off in one episode, and he was six pack ripped. It made yeah. no sense. He, uh, yeah. It's like you ever see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in the second uh -huh. one. He takes his shirt off for a split second, and everyone in the audience is like, "Smooth." It's like, <laughs> dude, that guy must have like worked out insanely just for that one scene where he takes his shirt off. Right, exactly. Now Arnold Schwarzenegger did that at sixty for his Genesis, but that makes sense. Yeah, he's also he the robot. Supposed to do it, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the big story is Kamal Najiani of uh, the Eternals. Right, he famously is a comedian, not really the, the guy you would think who would buff up. He was in Silicon Valley, but he buffed up for that Marvel movie, and then he publicly said, "Please, guys, I, I'm really self-conscious about it. Please don't comment on my buffness." Okay, it's like that Jonah Hill thing. Please, I don't want to talk about whatever I'm promoting. You know, it's just it's a mental health issue. It's like oh, it, so it's he, he got he was affected by the internet. You know, the internet critiquing his physique and calling attention to it. It just was too much for him. As all things. Oh, splash! Oh, the beautiful. Gotta make him laugh. Oh, Wilbur. Wilbur. <laughs> hey, uh, Mr. Ed, who's your favorite comedian? Oh, Bilber. 
I tried. I tried. I tried. I just saw his special. Yeah. Hey, my buddy's in one of his uh, anthologies, Joe Barnick. I know uh-huh. him from San Francisco. He's doing great. Did you want, yeah, I guess the Red Rocks one? Here. He's like saying, are those your kids or are those your girlfriends or something? It never gets addressed. What would you call like uh, kid mules? Right? There's a name for that. Horse's ass. Oh, um, you mean like uh, pops or something? Yeah, uh, like uh, ponies. Yeah. I don't. I don't think ponies. Oh, yeah. That's a. That's a. So, a there are band aids on, on um. The other mules. On the mule's ass because he got shots in his butt for the animal experiments. <laughs> um, <laughs> Peter is going to lean on him like this, and he's going to. Oh, oh my. Lieutenant Sterling, my butt is killing me. Ow, my ass. Technically, you're my ass. You are not. You. But I don't know. He doesn't own him. They're equals? Like, I always feel like the, the donkey is smarter than him on purpose. Yep, yep. <laughs> Watch right here. He's going to lean on him right here. Yeah. Oh. They snuck up on me with a square needle. They didn't waste any time. Square needle. They always lay time. There's a shortcut to the finish line over yonder. That I wouldn't be fair. All's fair in love and war. Get going. Well, my girl is way ahead of me, isn't she? There's the understatement of the year. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's so cute, so genteel. Uh-oh, wo- woman. Woman, run. Hey, look, he helps her. He, She helps him up. And still wins. And still wins. Right, the fish line's right behind her, too. Oh, he didn't win. Yeah. Oh, I just misjudged the height of the fence, is all. Now, okay. Francis just told him all about something he did, you know, new information. There's a general, um, and uh, General Benjamin K. So General K doesn't like the wax, like, being part of combat and stuff. So they're they're trying to be part of a camouflage unit, and so he said. So he told them all about a big competition with the camouflage and how General K is trying to get rid of them, and we got to help these wax out. So by mistake, he he shouldn't know that information, and he lets it go go to the captain here. Look how his oh. Look at that. I understand why you're all so sensitive. I General K's attitude does get you on General K? What do you know about that? Oh, what did I say? You asked him on a date. You asked her on a date. Listen. Oh, damn. What, what did I say? Oh, my God. I hate that I'm in the background. It's Ash Wednesday, obviously. Right. Hey, you know, Carl, don't bring that. Don't call attention to that, would you? Now, whenever I'm around Francis, I never bring up Ass Wednesday. Now, <laughs> they're like, obviously, Major St- uh, Lieutenant Sterling was planted here by the general to, like, fuck us right. up. Right. Oh, that makes sense. Why else would the guy be in wax? Yep. And why hasn't he been transferred out yet? American hot wax. 
Look at that old-timey phone. They just spared no expense to retrofit this office. They spent no expense on any of this stuff. I mean, it's all mule compliant. I want you to build a set that a mule could walk into a window and talk. You're right away, this Lupin. Right, Arthur Lupin. So, okay. Prominent director for Universal Pictures in the 40s and 50s, best known today as the man who gave Clint Eastwood his first contract in a film. Yeah, that's the joins the Navy. Uh, Lubin said he directed 69 films, of which eight have been miserable flops. Those included Mickey the Kid and Yellowstone. Huh? Um, he was gay. This is interesting. He died at the Autumn Hills Nursing Home in Glendale, California on May 11, 1995 at age 96. Wow. Hospital worker and serial killer Efren Saldivar allegedly told people he killed dozens of sick and elderly patients. Yeah. And there is some fear that Lubin was one of these. How awful. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about that guy. What's up with that? Those guys shouldn't do that shit. That's really like... Oh, like, yeah, you're much. against murder? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I am, Carl. What I put my foot down. Yeah, if position. I can stick my neck out here. Listen, you, you're a nurse at an elderly home, and you're like, oh, I should kill them. You fucking go outside and breathe some goddamn air. Touch grass, nerd. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I know you're not against murder, but this is a serial killer. That's too far. That's Oh, yeah. Man coming to the barracks. Okay, so now what they think they're doing is screwing over General K., and they're going to assign him, who knows nothing about camouflage, to train the second platoon about how to camouflage. Because and they think he's seen, a military guy. Well, he doesn't know anything about camouflage. So if the second platoon doesn't do well, it'll be his fault, the general's plant, they think. And they're going to totally disrespect him now. Good. Are they going to do like jokey stuff like, well, I don't know if you guys can do it. Uh, no, he's not going to do any sexist stuff right now. But we are going to get sexist misunderstandings in our next scene. Like he's like, attention! And I guess women stand at attention different than men. So he's like, I said attention. I'm at attention, sir! So he's like, at ease! <laughs> I said at ease. I am at ease, sir! And I swear he's looking at their boobs. Sound drives are crazy. I said attention. We are attention, sir. Now they put her up front because her boobs are killer. Hey! Now, yeah. look at our sex symbol down there, uh, Mamie Van Doren, all the way. She has the best boobs of the movie. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, she's a famous bombshell. Now listen, Mike, I, I just want you to know that I've, I've, I've been around boobs. They've been prominent in my life. Yes, when no. I speak about boobs, I know what I'm talking about. And so I just want to say that Mamie, um, in this film, has some of the best films, boobs in the film. Well, Carl, listen, I agree, you know, as a guy who respects women and uh, appreciate female form. Yeah. All I got to say is, ooga. <laughs> hey, I say that respectfully. I do. I respect most of the women in this film. Um, I don't Except the mean old captain. Um, yeah. 
So, hey, look, you see Mamie down there. I respect her. The next one over, not so much. The next one's got nice, big, prominent boobies. I respect her. The next one, not so much. Now, IMDb, like when I was looking at all these Francis movies, they were like, the women in this are like 1950s boobs. I go, check, done. (laughs) (laughs) I picked this one because Chill Wills shows up in person. It still has the original ensemble. We do have Mamie Van Doren in this, and it's probably the most preposterous. They did a movie, Goes to Town, where the donkey and him uh, are in New York City, Uh which sounds absolutely hysterical, having a donkey walking around Times Square and whatnot. Oh, the animal experiment room. Yeah, and we just got a joke in which he thought he was turned into a monkey. Why are they ejecting a horse and with what? I don't I know. It's experimental. I don't know. We don't learn what it's for. Now, in looking up Julie Adams, Captain Jane Parker, she's in a million television shows. I didn't even list them, but I list here the ones you would have heard of. And I swear there's like 25 of them here. But one of them is The Girl from Uncle, 1967. Did you ever hear The Girl from Uncle? Yeah, I have. It was a TV show. Yeah. yeah so we know I the man think... from Uncle. Why wasn't it the woman from Uncle? But it's the girl from Up. Oh, here she is. This is your uh, famous. Yes, that's you. And she's like quirky. Wow. Here's some carrots for you, rabbit. Listen, I'm not doing the second movie. There's no way. Third, fuck you. I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm going to start. Well, here's a no. banana for you. Here's a banana. Okay, I'll do the fifth movie. You didn't bring me Reese's Pieces? <laughs> well, they you haven't been Reese's... invented yet. <laughs> well, that's right. Reese's Monkey Pieces. I guess there was a peanut butter cup. Now he's, he's like, you look familiar. And he's going to talk about this crazy person in Burma who talked to a mule. But she never puts two and two together that it's him. She's supposed to be a character and kooky, and she is. Now she's like trying to put two and two together with the mule, but she never will. Right. Does he remember the first film? No insinuations implied. Of course not. No. 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 Ah, she stuck it up his ass. The ass. He drank a whole bottle of alcohol yesterday. Now, you dear little mule, I'm going to start you on your pills. I hope you take them nicely. Ooh, man, that's nice. Booze and pills? 1950s <laughs> yeah. booze and 1950s pills? Way to go. Now, um, this Captain Jane Parker, she was in a lot of movies. 
Uh, she was in a soap opera called Capital in the 80s, but she had a recurring role in Murder, She Wrote. And But the thing is, when it got into the 90s and the 2000s, she didn't quit. She was on Beverly Hills, Diagnosis Murder, Melrose wow. Place, Family Law. And wow, way to go. Seven, she was in CSI, and she was in Carnage in 2011. She kept going. Carnage, the movie? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think I've seen Carnage. That's the one where the two couples are uh, having dinner and they're talking about how their kids fight each other. I never I saw it, so I don't know. I know it was 2011, and I know that the French pronounced it Carnage. Let there be Carnage. That's how Venom pronounces it. <laughs> the Marvel? Yeah, the villain is named Carnage in the second movie. And the, the title of the movie is Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Uh-huh. I never saw... I saw Venom 1, but... It's a good San Francisco movie. I like that he lives in the Tenderloin. Yes. Now, um, this was based on a story called Mr. Whack by Herbert Baker. And it's not clear that it was like... I think he was just a hired writer who wrote... The story for this uh, film, uh, Devery De Freeman wrote it, and James Aldari, I don't know. They, they've got lots of history here. Uh, Devery Freeman helped establish a Screenwriters Guild, reorganize it into the Writers Guild of America in 54, and negotiated with studios to build the Guild's right to determine film writing credits. That's good. If they're not crediting Chill Wills for voicing the main character, they're probably fucking over the writers as well. Yes. Okay, so Francis comes up with this idea to buy cologne, not perfume, I don't know why, for the entire platoon. So now you're going to have to turn the sound up when our sex symbol mainly gets in because, well, not yet, but because she's very funny. You're all thanking him for the cologne. Okay, here she comes. Here she comes. She's like, Captain sees it. Now watch what she says. Good lipstick on. Slip of the lip. Now listen to what she says. Did you get it? Yeah. She goes, I'm sorry, I just slipped, right? He goes, well, I expect you to be extra careful next time. And she goes, I will be extra careful, extra careful next time. Like, I'm not going to get caught. No, I, I noticed, and then she walked off like that. Oh, hello, thanks for the perfume, Chloe. I love Old Spice. Uh, yeah, it's called... Okay, so Second Platoon is moving up in the rankings. This is going against their plans. Their plans was for Second Platoon to do horrible and it would be a man's fault. So it's all falling apart. But they're Second Platoon, right, Carl? So they're winning. There are three platoons. They're all going to perform camouflage exercises. And the Second Platoon has been slacking with bad morale and doing horrible so they said, let's slap a man on it, and it'll look like it's the man's fault. And that'll tell oh. General K he can't criticize us. But it's not working. They're 
getting good thanks to him. Make him laugh. Yeah, now that's a that's make him laugh is a, a reference to his singing in the rain. Yeah, uh, appearance. Let's see this now. Look, this Donald O'Connor was in a lot, a lot, a lot of things. He wasn't just the Francis the Mule Jeez. guy. No, no. And in fact, I know him much older than he looks in this movie. And you know, I know. He looks a lot older in Singing in the Rain compared to what he looks like now. Yeah, that's right. Um, that was, but but Singing in the Rain was fifty two, which was earlier than this. No, this is fifty five. What I'm saying is, his best known work came in the film Singing in the Rain, nineteen fifty two. Right. This film's fifty four, and he looks older in that. Okay, turn it up because you'll hear the voice of the mule. This is Joe Wills. Wilbur, I mean, Captain. Well, he like he's getting accused of, of planting the the the. He clearly doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah. What a mule! What guy? And so he gets off the hook because he realizes she was wrong in this conversation. His best known work came in the film *Singing in the Rain*, nineteen fifty for which O'Connor was awarded Golden Globe. He won a primetime Emmy, four nominations, and received two stars in the Hollywood Walk of Fame throughout his career. He received two? What, television and movies? Um, Radio? I'll have I to check. It. Next time I'm on Hollywood Boulevard, I'll check. I'll let you know. O'Connor received an offer to play Cosmo, the piano player, and singing in the Rain 52. Uh, yeah, got a globe, Golden Globe. Uh, the film featured his widely known rendition of Make Him Laugh, which he choreographed with the help of an assistant dance directors and his brother. Do you, was, do you know that scene in the movie, Carl? I have seen Singing in the Rain, and I just didn't care about it, so my sure. memory of it is very... I remember the famous scene with the umbrella dancing on the street, but that's because I it was reinforced by seeing it in clips all the time. Oh, all the time. Yeah, I mean, there's a scene where there's an actress who's trying to do a talkie for the first time. That's a great scene. But the make mm-hmm. make them laugh song number is probably, for me, like the one of the funniest things I've seen. It's just like flawless, and he's terrific in it. So Maybe I, I, I should pick it out again. Ah, uh, you know, if it's on, stay for that scene. It's not. It's yeah. before. Oh, and when they sing "Good Morning in the Morning," it's fun to stay up late in the morning in the morning with you. <laughs> Good movie. O'Connor said he was forced to go to the hospital during the production of Singing in the Rain due to in- injuries and exhaustion. The scene was building to such a crescendo, I thought I'd actually have to kill myself, said O'Connor. Wow. That's a little weird. Now, check this out. He was oh, meant this. to play Bing Crosby's partner in White Christmas, but he was unavailable because he contracted an illness transmitted by the mule. I don't understand. I I've never even heard of that. You can get, like, mule pox? You can get mule pox, I guess. He was replaced in the film by Danny Kay. Look at, look. He hears the voice. Yup, and he thinks, he goes, ten shut, and he goes, quiet, Francis. It's not funny. 
It's really the general. I got I, I need to. Over there. Wow, it's a transfer of power. It'd be strange, man. If I had, if I was friends with Francis, and then some guy sounded like him, I'm like, yeah. you will not believe this shit. But you sound exactly like a mule that talks to me. You talk. That's like you sound like this talking ass. What? What? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how a talking ass sounds. Now, White Christmas was a huge, huge hit. It's really a missed opportunity that he wasn't in that. And it's weird that he got sick from the mule. O'Connor and Bing Crosby united on Anything Goes 56 at Paramount. It's just not the same thing. And the studio also released the Buster Keaton story of which O'Connor had the title role, which we already know. Right, and he hated that film. I believe it. Well, this, the story of that film is that Buster Keaton got enough money to buy a house. So he said, okay, yeah, whatever you guys want to do, that's fine at this point. Uh-huh. He just and... wanted to not be homeless anymore. Right, yeah, have some stability. Yeah. yeah. He was living in, like, a a, a van in the studio lot. Yep, yep. It's yeah. was pathetic. They because finally had a... he lost I... the control, the creative control. We learned this from the general. Yeah, that's right. Well, he did a bunch of movies, and they're on YouTube with Jimmy Durante. What? No beer? And, like, speak easily? And there's, like, these kind of prohibition yeah. comedies. It's interesting. I've seen a bunch of them. It just doesn't... I don't know if it doesn't work. Like, you have this Mr. Stoneface, silent star himself, and yeah. Jimmy Durante. Oh. <laughs> Are we going to see one of those? Yeah, I have it on the list. I mean, you know what? Maybe let's do it next week. Speak easily. All right. All Sounds right. good. What's it called? Instead of speak easy, it's yeah. a prohibition pun. It's speak easily. Speak easy. Buster is a. Oh, I, I don't. Gosh, Buster I'm, a, I'm just. Do you know what I'm, year? No. Yeah, fifty something, fifty and change. So you don't know what year? Oh, I, I don't know offhand. No, okay. but it was in the. I'll look it up. Early forties. Whatever happened to all this season's losers of the year? But every time I got to thinking where they disappear. When I woke up, mommy and daddy were rolling on the couch. Rocking, rolling numbers up. They got my kiss records out. You know, that's a rhyme. Even though it's the same word, out and out. That breaks their pattern of no rhymes in the song. Is it just that song that Chief Trick doesn't know how to write, or is it like every song is weird? No, uh, it was just that song, The Words Don't Rhyme, which was so yeah. weird. I didn't realize they even mentioned Kiss in that song. How crazy is that? <laughs> yeah, I think you need to give that song another listen. Yeah, another listen. I'm going to listen, another listen to Surrender. See, what's funny is in the beginning of that song... The bass is playing an A, and the band is playing a G, and that does not go. No. But then the G slides into an A, and the song fits together all of a sudden. It's a piece of genius, that song. You know, I remember you complimenting, uh, this is years ago, Carl, decades ago, 
uh, Right Here, Right Now by Jesus Jones. Oh, yes. You're like, listen to this. It starts off with this techno shit, and then yeah. three seconds into it, it says, fuck this shit, and goes, and starts a guitar playing. Yeah, that's right. It you, turns you into a classic rock. Okay, here's the camouflage, and they're getting Where? better. Where? Where's the camouflage? Ah. Uh, <laughs> well, you turn it around, and you see all their flat asses. So I know. Now, it's look, strange. To teach... To teach Peter Sterling, he's camouflaging himself as a moose. Oh, right. I don't see any donkeys around here. You know, the theme song didn't really work for Francis. A mule is a mule, a cule, a cule. A cule, a cule. <laughs> and no one can talk to a mule, a cule. <laughs> Unless a cule, the mule, a cule is the famous Francis talking mule. What's this? A moose? Hey. Just a little lesson in camouflage. I thought you would be a little horse. Are you kidding? This is my bread and butter talking. Don't be insulting. Jill Will Wills was like a big time poker player. I can't get my head around Jill Wills. First off, what a great name. Yeah. That's, I'm sure that's not his real name. Well, his last name must be Wills, and he must have got that yeah. nickname. Right, and he's like got Buster. the southern drawl. Drawl. Like, was he so? Was he in every single western? Was he like poker player number two in the uh, bar? Will's deep, rough voice with its western twang was matched to the personality of a cynical, sardest, sardonic mule. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't say here he was in a lot of westerns, but I'm sure he was. He was in the city of Chicago, the the city that never sleeps in '53. Giants in 56 with Rock Hudson, wow. Elizabeth Taylor, and James yeah. Dean. James Dean. Best Supporting Actress in Davy Crockett's The Alamo. Check this out, man. This is, okay, Wills was nominated for Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in his role in Davy Crockett's companion beekeeper film The Alamo, 19, 1960. However, his aggressive campaign to win the award was considered tasteless. What? Really? Stars director and producer John Wayne, who publicly apologized for Willis. What the fuck? Yeah, there's no such thing as bad publicity. There's no such thing as tactlessness in Hollywood. They had to single this guy out? It must no, have been well, really awful. His publicity agent sort of fell on his sword. His name was Bow Wow Wojowski or something. He accepted blame for the ill-advised effort, claiming that Willis knew nothing about it. I got to read up about this. I want to find out this offensive Oscar I lost, campaign. lost to Peter uh, Ustinov and Spartacus oh. anyway. Well, wow, that's interesting. He would have lost anyway. I don't know. They're kind of schooling him here. Should we do Chill Wills or should we do Spartacus? I don't know. Who should win best? Chill Wills or fucking Spartacus guy? So now the mule talking is really coming out. Are they going to discover that he does talk? Like, are they? They are. They are. Okay. So now that he's admitted that a mule talk has been institutionalized and he's no longer commander of the platoon. I hate when that happens. Uh -oh. Now, Chill Wills 
was a poker player. He was close friends of Benny Binion, founder of the World Series of Poker. Binions, yeah. And a guy who owned the Horseshoe Casino in Vegas. Wills participated sure. in the first Poker World Series held in 1907 and is seated in the center of the famous picture with a number of legendary players. Oh, who, Doyle? The guy who wrote... Uh... Doyle's, like, Hoyle's Rules. Doyle's Rules, right? You know what I'm talking about? According to Doyle was his book. No, Hoyle with an H. No, but there's a poker player with Doyle, and he had a book oh, according to Doyle. Cool. Like super superstar poker. Like he had this big-ass thick book on how to play poker. Do you think Chilwell's knew Gabe Kaplan back in the day? No, I think that was 76, and here yeah. we're talking about – well, probably when it came around – no, I'm, that wasn't 76, because that was his fame in Welcome Back, Connor. I think he became a poker player much later. Yeah, maybe after maybe after Fast Break, after all the Gabe Kaplan movies dried up. Um, appear, he had Chill Wills had made appearances on behalf of Barry Goldwater, Republican Whoa. nominee against Lyndon Johnson. Later in 68, he refused to support Richard Nixon. Uh, oh, yeah. Cause... Master of Ceremonies for George Wallace. George Wallace. Yeah, governor of Alabama. I don't know about this Nixon guy. He's too much of a radical. I'm just going to stick with my George Wallace. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The South shall rise and segregation forever. Wills is amongst the few Hollywood celebrities to endorse Wallace and bid against Nixon and Hubert Humphrey. That's so nuts. He was also a singer in the Avalon Boys Quartet. That was a. That's how he started his fame. You could clearly hear his voice. I'm sure it's like these angelic voices, and then there's a dog chill. Wow, he's yeah. probably the bass. He provided the deep voice for Stan Laurel's performance of "The Trail of Lonesome Pine." Oh, in way okay. out west in '37, in which the Avalon Boys Quartet appeared. So he comes from a lot of fame. Yeah, you got something on your face right there. You didn't shave this morning, did you? I didn't shave this morning. Now look, he's, she's saying, I heard the mule. It's real. It's true. The mule fucking talks. You starting oh, serious? So they're going to hey. say ventriloquism. You know, I have another Clint Eastwood connection. Okay. He started in a movie called The Mule. Okay. And he was in Francis the Navy and Francis was a mule. You still never seen the outlaw Josie Wales or Pale You've Rider. Never seen uh, uh, Unforgiven. the good, the bad, and the ugly. No, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. I've seen those. I've seen the entire trilogy. For... You did? Yeah, years ago. I for saw a few in the dollars more. You saw that? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was. Uh, it starts off with wow, and then for a few dollars, check out this movie, and then the sequel, and for a few dollars more. I've seen all three. I've seen I've seen the, the good, the bad, and the ugly trilogy. I have. What color I have. did they paint the town in for a few dollars more? Uh, I know they paint the wagon. That's a different movie. You did movie. not see these films. Of course I've seen these films. Listen, I saw the good, the bad, and the ugly in London 30 years ago with this fucking great sound system. They played okay. the do-do-do, like you could hear it in the back and on the side. Wah-wah-wah. It was really cool. No, I saw that on TV. I saw Lawrence of Arabia in that theater, and they played the music okay. beforehand. 
But I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. Eli Wallace is great in that movie. I think you need to see it again. Did you see Pale Rider? No, I haven't seen Pale. I don't see anything directed by Clint Eastwood. That's last one I, I saw Cry Macho. That's a mistake. Oh, you got to cry Macho. Does not count. That's like contemporary. We're, this should be Cry Francis, where this boy brings his donkey <laughs> everywhere. They do donkey fights. There's no donkey fights in this movie, right? They don't uh, like. No, there's they no. They don't put razor fights. blades on his paw and they put him in the center. <laughs> nope. They don't even shoe his his feet. Donkey. Now they're suspecting ventriloquism. That's a, a perfectly logical explanation. Now here comes the general making a big show of his troops arriving to compete with the camouflage ladies. But the Batmobile. Oh, way to go. This is nothing shows uh, respect and bringing yeah. your fucking golf club. He's in the club. Look, all the press are there. That's Francis's voice. Yes, it is. And what he's saying is, when they fail today, the wax will be in their place. They'll be secretary pool kind of people. They'll be kitchen patrol. They'll be cleaning up. You know, right? It's ridiculous to think that they could compete with the men in any sort of military operation. Like when a man needs to put a beer down, they'll be there with the coaster. <laughs> Oh, the guy has the voice of uh, the, the mule. So, yeah, so she gets shocked. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were a mule. What? I thought you were a talking ass. This is the second time this has happened to me. What the fuck? Where's my sound? What do you mean the animal talks? He sounds like me. Bosserous. Well, they never really say and sounds like me. Everybody's just supposed to hear that. Oh, right. Well, he does. I mean, Donald hears it immediately, for, uh, Sterling. And I guess the other woman who's heard the, the mule talk kind of picked up on it, too. And I think by the fifth one, everyone knows it was his voice. You know, everyone who went to the theater to see him that, see it that night knew the backstory of he was the voice my brother gave me a dvd compilation of bosom buddies i think uh -huh. it's the first season but this the first and second season the first season the girls didn't know that they were dressed up as women to, right. to, to stay there and then the second season they all the women knew that they were dressed up as women they, they let it slide so it's like in this movie like do they know the donkey fox um yes they they each one at a time find out including the general yeah. Now they're gonna go into the psych ward and see see this talking donkey. Is, did they realize that he was not brought in by the the general? It's just it was a computer error. Yeah, they well they don't know it's a computer error, but they do because the general is so oblivious. What are you talking about? They just let they drop it. They drop their accusation. Can you do you remember a storyline from Mister Ed like? Wilbur gets in. I don't remember any like what storyline with a talking horse can you fucking do? I don't remember any storyline. I do remember watching the show in reruns. 
I yeah. do remember it was always he was in the stable, and and the 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 man would be like, "You're causing trouble for me in the real world again. You can handle it, Burr Wilbur." Wilbur, what did I do? I've been in the stable for the last twenty-two minutes. Okay, so I don't know if it's so funny, but why don't we listen? Sure. Well, this is the money shot, the voice shot. <laughs> Same voice. What, did you ladies hear something? We heard you, General. No, you didn't. You heard the mule. I heard you talk. So did I. Me? It was the mule. You Did you say something? <laughs> Come on. Speak up. Are you giving me permission to sound off, sir? Oh, they said it too. Permission granted. Sound off. Well, to start with, you're a narrow minded, buddy duddy. You're the ass. You probably think the top brass is the machinery to run this man's army. Horse feathers. Now you take these wagons. Everyone knows that women are here to stay, but not you. I didn't know that. You got the idea. They're in the service just to keep your memo circulating. This is the most. I will not be dressed down by a talking mule. Right. Especially when I'm doing the talking. See, ah, there's, there's your answer to it. He was simply doing, throwing his voice. That's right. like a ventriloquist, Dick. I will now throw my voice while smoking and drinking. Okay. <laughs> and now while I smoke, you just want <laughs> the box to be. Wow. Just like moving. Who's saying that? In the typing pool. <laughs> and now I will suck Charlie McCarthy's dick while throwing my voice. Oh, God. Oh, God. Every time someone hears the mule and thinks they're crazy, they're doing that like. Mud painting. I don't know. That's stereotypical of being crazy. They don't do that James Bond thing where someone is drinking and then sees a talking mule and then looks at his drink and throws it away. Right. Throws it over his... Yeah. I never get tired of that. There's a flying coffin down the, the, down the uh, Venice canals. Oh, I got to stop drinking. Yeah, that's right. right. car flies over a bridge. Oh, I better stop drinking. But I think that was Roger Moore and Gold. And Gold uh, there was one in which they had the speedboat and the and yeah, the, the for your eyes only around that time. I think yeah, and and the 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 the, the Jackie Gleason wannabe sheriff was chasing him the whole way, and he couldn't arrest him in the end. He goes, "This here boy is working with our with our CIA." He goes, "What?" Throw him in the clink. Now, now he's from England now, and and they sent him over here to help our boys out. This is outrageous. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they would always be uh, 
Now they can see it's not ventri. She, Captain, can see um, uh, that it is not ventriloquism at all. It's real. Oh, and it's a, it's mule. You know the best thing could happen to you. Don't answer that. Lose those captain bars for a couple of hours. Act like a woman. Break a few rules. You like me, don't you? Yeah. You want to believe that he's on your side? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he is. What's more, he could help this operation. He could throw that second but do the line to the line again. He's getting Jack. convinced to break him out of the loony bin, put him back on platoon two, because they're fucking up. And uh, they'll be get back into shape if he's their leader again, and they can win this camouflage thing. You would figure the storyline would be that the women take over and everything's better. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I this point think, well, I mean, this film shows that the wax are just as capable as as the man's army yeah um bill burr did that in the comedy special he was saying that um all studies show women are smarter than men like all yeah so he's like then why are you in this condition that you're in stop blaming us <laughs> you got the brains i should check that out okay now it's like we're gonna break him out of here and Sasha's like, this is against regulation. And then he's going to kiss her, and she flips. Oh, she'll change her mind? Yeah. Does he remember her from the first movie? No. Oh, that's a kiss. She goes, how can I help? <laughs> Look how she holds her hands. and. Oh, she's, she's great. Character, yeah. Zazu Pitts. It's one of the greatest names out there. Yep. She goes, okay, take off your clothes. What? Yeah, I want, it's, you know, I want um, Sterling to wear them. And Sterling goes, what? Wait a minute, really? But there's going to be a, they're going to, he's, she's going to switch into the nurse's outfit and just walk out of there as the nurse. But then there's a problem. His hair, they need a wig. Or something. Right, of course. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Who wrote this screenplay? A mule? <laughs> makes no sense. It took four people to write this screenplay. Wow. Well, Listen, Francis would, would never say this. This is shit. This is not real. This is not, this doesn't hold true to the character. He would never say this. I sounded like an, oh, he sounds like an ass. Let's, he would not say this. <laughs> So the joke here is he doesn't know how to put on a dress. He's never done it before. Oh, there's a horse by the, a mule by the window. Right. It just so happens there's always windows. Clip clop, clip clop, clip, clip clop. Stop. Next window. Nay. Oh, that's a horse. They forgot the hat, I think. Oh, look, it's one of those iPhone charger lamps. He, she thinks it's the general seeing her naked. Right. Right, because he sounds like the general, but it's never really. Oh, it's a talking mule. A talking mule? And it's not explained why in the world he would sound like the general. Just a coincidence, I guess. It, they're having fun with that, but it doesn't make any sense. Right. It doesn't make any sense that he would know that the computer messed up. 
And well, like I told you, the general's going to get a... Not making a joke, his voice is going to get hoarse. And I, I've watched this movie. This is my fourth time. And I... Wow. The other three times I watched that, I never caught what made his voice hoarse. They jump into this puddle. I'll show you when we get there. Carl, we just picked this movie a couple days ago. You've seen, this is a, you've seen it that many times already? Three times. Wow. I saw it the day you told me about it. And then I saw it last night. And then I... Took one of my long ass walks today and watched it while I was going around the block. Here is what they're going to use for the wig. Oh, doing it for the cause. Every movie, I have to get my tail clip. You need a wig. Who's going to sweep the floor? Well, I don't. This guitar has no strings. Every movie. So here comes him as the nurse. Oh, he's got horse hair, a mule hair. Oh, that must smell. Is the hair like swatting flies? <laughs> turn it up, turn it up. Lieutenant Sterling is not to be disturbed. Yes, ma'am. Keep it up, keep it up. Whatever you're thinking, Corporal, is not true. Okay, that's good. Because she goes, whatever you're thinking, it's not true. Because, you know, she's coming yeah, out, she's out disheveled. She was in a room with the man. I get it. So a guy did terribly not inspiring speech. Whatever you think was not true. Oh, I thought I saw Donald O'Connor with a mule hair walk out dressed. Not true. Not Not true. true. Listen to her uninspiring. Oh, maybe it's over. That's oh, ambient noise. Oh, it's a crowd noise. Crowd noise in the fifties. Fifties crowd noise. What's that? You sprung him loose. This is my fault, Major. Oh, yeah. What's the meaning of this? I'm responsible, Major. But you see, I thought the urgency was so great. That was some time before. I believe that Lieutenant Sterling can help us. You Marvin, Marvin. The background noise. Oh, I'll be in background noise. No Marvin garbage. No Marvin garbage. And he still is in the wax. He's better come through for us tomorrow, and you'll never get out of the wax. So she agrees to it. Get out of the wax. <laughs> All right. Oh, so we'll never see him in this stupid outfit again. Right. That's right. And and uh, Francis is missing his ass hair. Donald O'Connor's contract with Universal had expired, and so there was like a little doubt if he would do this role again. But he agreed to make another film. He enjoyed making these films. And he said it was hard because he had to act serious so everyone would believe that the mule right. was talking. I don't think it's so hard, but... Well, you want to be in on the joke, like, oh, I can't believe this, can you? But no, you got to play it straight. The only way it's yeah. going to work. Shakespeare did that a lot. Oh, so this is the big war game. This is the big war game, and the women have to stay camouflaged and not get caught by the men. I think I've seen movies where they had war games like this. Like the end of the movie. Like war war. games. Yeah, right. I'm trying to think of a movie that had war games in it. War games? There there was this one movie. It was like Navy versus... What was that movie? Uh, There was a famous one. Yeah. Where they kind of screw up at the end or something like that. 
What about Stripes? The movie Stripes didn't they also do this trick where they had competing teams? No, they no, they had to really go break out. They had to go into uh, East Germany and break out. There John were captured soldiers. Remember? Yeah, you're right. Sergeant Hulka was boots on the ground for that one. He, uh... oh yeah, that's right, Sergeant Hulka, who we love, Warren Oates from many yes, things right. that we've seen. I guess he Chill Wills has a Warren Oates vibe to him, like a lightweight clothes. You know what? Warren Oates is much better. He's got presence. He's oh, he's got presence. He's got depth. He really hates humanity. Yeah, he was great in the Cockfighter. He yeah. was great in that movie with Jodie Foster. No. Oh no, uh, it wasn't Jodie Foster. It was yeah. Christy McNichol, right? Christy McNichol. He was great movie. in 96 in the shade, 94 in the shade, 72 in the shade. 72, that'd be a little chilly for Florida. Chill wills. Now look, they're just walking right past all the... All the chicks. Right. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't even notice a beautiful woman if you tripped over her. Well, I'd notice if I saw her bush. Her bush is on display. <laughs> Oh, your bush is all green. <coughs> bush. <coughs> bush showing. <coughs> oh, thank you. I'm so embarrassed. Your bush is showing. Oh, gosh. So they're analyzing the photos they've taken and saying, no, I don't see any. I don't see. He goes, well, what's that right there? Who goes, well, that's your bunker, General. Oh. So they're they're so far beating the men. They're staying hidden. Right. They're, they're right there. The go, okay, now we'll have. Um, Yokels. Yeah. And one of them is our sexy, pretending to be the sister. Well, he's faking the banjo, but he's doing a good, good job of it. That's Mamie Van Doren again. That's a great, that's a great dress you're wearing. Awesome. It says the best of the West. That's her butt. Right, but it's a sugar shack. It's a sugar bag. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, they're being hicks. Right. Where did the wax go? Uh, they went this way, that way. You see the fence there, right? Yeah. Okay, watch. Camouflage! These oh. cleaning up. Oh, I guess it's nothing. This is an expression no one does in real life. Watch the go, huh? Oh well. Oh well. Never noticed that, but that's always in the movies. But it never happens in real life that you say to yourself, "Huh? I don't know." I don't know. Shrug it off. Shrug it off. Yeah. Oh, hey, Carl. Uh, you passed me a joint, right? I'm like, I don't know. Do you have COVID? That doesn't matter, huh? I'll smoke it. Oh well. Oh well. Hey, I dropped this hot dog on the ground. My oh, well. friend Andrew Rich will not smoke a bowl with you. He he says, you know, he you have to bring your own paraphernalia so that I respect him. I respect yeah, him. But what happens if you get it, Mike? You get sick. You get a little sick, right? They, all these stories about people are dying and respirators. No, 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 no. It's what nothing like that. It's just, it's just there was a time where you would smoke a bowl and it was this hottest, this compassionate thing where you share. It's not like right? cocaine. And then it's like, well, I don't want to put my fucking lips on on a joint that you just smoked. Fuck this shit. 
If you want to get high, bring your own pipe. It's not like he's not getting, not offering his weed. He's just saying, I don't want to share my pipe with you. Oh, no, no. It's perfectly cool. It's perfectly cool. As a matter of fact, the day I got COVID, I texted him because I hung out with him the night before. And right I said, on. I have COVID. And he goes, damn. <laughs> but he didn't have it. He didn't have it. Because you guys didn't share a pipe. I don't know. We were at the same open mic together, and no, we didn't. You're right. You're right. We didn't. But I don't know that that's like I. I don't know when I got it. When I was contagious, I just know where I got it. If you know a friend of ours from the show, uh, he got COVID, and he was like, "I think it's because I was smoking pot with the comics after after a, mm-hmm. a show." Because the next day I got a headache. Although I'm sure okay, it takes so a couple days. There's their radio, and oh no. It's cool. It's cool. They put it out right away. It's just a distraction, so he sets the radio down. Oh, I see. And here, he's going to take the radio. Now, he's in a camouflage tree stump. Once again, it's going to move, and the soldier's going to shrug it off. I thought it was over there. Guess it's over here. Who knows? How does how do they get the props? Like, I is know. there a prop department? It's very weak. Well, I mean, like, we watch plenty of, like, Bugs Bunny where he pulls shit out. The, the whole point of Bugs Bunny is that he just goes off state, off frame and pulls whatever out. But you right? can do that in a, com- in a cartoon. Before CGI, you could not do shit like that. Yeah. Okay, so now he's got the wrong walkie-talkie. They can hear the orders that the men are being given. And because the donkey sounds like the general, he's going to start giving wrong orders. Okay, my head just exploded. This is like when Jack and Jill, when Jack dresses up as Jill, even <laughs> though Adam Sandler's dressing up as Jill anyway. I got to tell you, that movie was great and shit. It was great and I, shit. I, I, I think the historians will be talking about Jack and Jill for the next decade. Okay, but, when when Adam Sandler put on the dress and said, I'm Jill, it was right. such bullshit. But do you remember when Al Pacino got the, the there was, someone had their cell phone in the audience and he fucking freaked on them? You remember that? But then later, the cell phone rings again and in the next night and he's ready to fucking beat the shit. And he goes, oh, it, it, it's me. It's me. And he takes the call on stage. Well, he's terrific in that movie. Al Pacino, like when he does a three-minute Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Do, do you uh, remember when he was pretending he knew a foreign language, so he said to the servant, the fox, the man, the fox. Remember that? I know. I thought I was watching Scarface. I thought I was watching Godfather. The way he gibberish in another language. So even though that movie was crap, at the same time, there were so many hilarious segments in there. You, and, I, I, and a lot I, of it is Al Pacino. I mean, I call attention to it because the premise is that they have this guy, you know, dressed up as as his sister, and they spend a lot of Hollywood money to make the effects right. But in the movie itself, he decides to use makeup to disguise himself as his sister. Right. So it's like saying you're paying money for this effect, and now they're calling. This is a plot point too. It's always right, strange right. when that happens. It's like uh, Theodore Rex, right? The movie that we can't watch. The movie yeah, Goldberg. Yeah, we could. The, he's kind of a puppet, and at one point, like he's literally talking to a, a puppet animal out of a bag, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's all you guys do is puppets. Might as well have more puppets in it." But it, it was perfect the way that 
Adam Sandler dressed up as his sister because it was so obvious before, and now right. it's obvious now, but it's plot point obvious. It, is, it became plot point obvious. It's it was a weird move, a weird flex. I mean, I, I agree with you. It's it's not the worst Adam Sandler movie. I mean, even his worst movies, like. Uh... I just wish that movie was great all the way. I wish you could go back in time and say to Adam Sandler, "You got to do something other than a girl voice." You know, you got to. Oh, but Pacino, Pacino does gives that extra. That whole like Al Pacino, Frappuccino song is just so. Uh, yeah, um, Dunkachino. Dunkachino. I'm Dunkachino. Yeah. yeah, I think there's like a Instagram or a Twitter account where every day they do a different version of that song. Like they, <laughs> they tweak that song. Yeah, okay. it's a wow. You look at these the rocks. Yeah, it's like you were talking about the props. So now they're gonna sort of smoke bomb. Oh, there's our sexy, sexy yes, star. Mamie. Hey, Mamie. She really isn't so sexy in this thing. She does sexual things. Well, I mean, again, like she didn't want to be in this movie. She just does the best she can to get out of there. She yeah, to, she uh, really, really did not want to be in this film, but it was a contract. We we like Jane Mansfield. We watched the James Mansfield story of the TV movie with Lonnie Anderson and, right. and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as uh, the bodybuilder boy, husband. And then yes. uh, we saw the weird, wonderful world of Jane Mansfield, that right. creepy exploitation film they did after her death. Yep. Yeah. Great great series of episodes we did there it was really oh as she was in the fat spy i remember the fat spy i think I james mansfield spy with or... the big nose was which one was the one in which they were in a submarine he goes ashore yeah right and there was like some kind That's of island probably was... spy with the big nose fat spy was with phyllis diller yeah and he, okay. okay i do remember the other one you're talking about I don't know the title. Probably going back two years or more. Because that was pre-COVID for sure. Right, I remember that. Okay, guys. Give them hell. All right, girls. Give them heck. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and they got their grenades. Oh. Oh, they throw like a girl. You throw like a girl. Yeah, when it comes to throwing hand grenades at me, you throw like a girl. Can you stop it? Also, now stop throwing grenades. This is the final push in which they're getting away because it's all smoky. Oh, look! He found one! He's, it's obviously camouflage! Got gotcha. it! Oh. Wilbur. That's one thing I love about Mr. Ed. It's just he was so dismissive. Like the way he says Wilbur, like could express so many different ways. Yes. When he's happy, Wilbur. When he's dismissive, Wilbur. So the donkey pulled the rock with the rope, so it was fake. And then this guy jumps on a real rock and hurts his stomach. He sued the, the mule, didn't he, after the games was over? <laughs> yes. Okay, now, this is the scene in which somehow, like, the general's going to walk away from the scene with a sore throat, with a hoarse voice. 
and I don't see why. Oh, look at the sound print. Sounding like the general, the donkey's behind him, and he's going to order his men to jump into the water. Yes, General. Yes, sir. What? A living nightmare. Who sent that fool carrying orders around here? Fire, sir. What's wrong? What's wrong? Have you gone crazy? Don't stand there. Jump. Jump. All right, sir. Wow, good, good thing they missed the other guys. Now, I don't know if it's funny or not. But the general almost follows his own order and jumps. Who said that? Stopping me. Payment general on that Burma bridge account. See you at Point Baker when the ladies win. Yes, sir. <laughs> so you. when they were in Burma together, the it was Francis refused to go on the bridge because he could see it was about to collapse. And the, that's a recurring gag in the film. The general goes, I had a mule like that. He was a complete idiot. He wouldn't walk us across the bridge. And then it collapsed. And I don't know. We get. I haven't mentioned it till now because it's not the greatest callback. But Right, yeah. Needs a better callback. Like, he steps in donkey shit in the beginning <laughs> of the movie and then at the end of the movie. So Zaza Pitts goes, here, general, You would you like some aspirin? And she goes, he goes, no, what for? And she's like, you're going to need it. So it's like, there's no sign of the women, General. Good. We're obviously beating them. Right. Sign of them. There's no sign. There's just 16 bushes, four rocks by the finish line. But other than that, no women. Turn it up because he's like, you might as well give up now, Major. You may as well know this. Your girls are on their own now. That uh, little male wife has been disqualified by now. There's still two minutes left. Yeah. Do you mind if I hold that much longer? Two minutes. Two minutes. Mule? Where's the... Where's... Sterling? Did you disqualify him? No, sir. We finally caught up with this jackass, sir, but there was no sign of a lieutenant of anyone else. No, I don't need... Who's not? There's one of them within miles of us. You want a bet? Who said that? You, by you now, did. No, right? Ew, crusty donkey eye. Leave the mule with me. Hey, Buster. Are you looking for uh, speakers? Yeah, like how? Who? What's making the voice? It's, it's gotta be a tank. It's from Russia. It's a, a Moscow it's mule. Now look, now he's getting hoarse. Now why is huh? this get hoarse? Now look who's coming. I don't believe it. Wah, wah. Women, wet t-shirts. Oh, God. <laughs> it's not a contest. Oh, it's not? I just bought a beer. Yay, look at There they are. Hee hee. Now the donkey's rubbing it in. You suck. You should kill yourself. 
Now this look, is for your horse voice. Jaja Pitts giving, you're going to need aspirin now. So they're like, why? Why is this voice horse? I never. It's weird. That's strange. Yeah. Now, what happens is he gets up to give a speech, and the horse basically gives the speech for him. I saw it on NTV, WNTV. What? I, I saw the speech on WNTV. Now look, he's not moving his mouth, and people are right close to him. Yeah. Now look, he's unplugged. <laughs> Who did that? Is there a hoof mark by it? <laughs> and so he's comp WNTV. W no, it's WNTV. WNTV. So it's basically saying, I respect the wax, and they're the, you know, I have to admit defeat. And Well, all the kids in the audience were like, yay. Hooray. Sound, sound in this movie is so fucking basic. Yeah. Give me some hooray sound effects. I quit the talking mule movies. So now he's, he's been institutionalized movie. because he's talking about a talking mule. I've wow, never had a general before. What what a coincidence. We just had a patient in here yesterday who saw a talking mule and everyone else was talking about a talking mule and there he is in your window. Yep, and we're wrapping up our film. Oh, salute to tail. <laughs> Which was snipped before a wig, right? Right. They don't play it's that fine to me. I can't believe it's over, Carl. Wow, time has flown. I just, I just felt like just 90 minutes ago we started. What we gratefully acknowledge the cooperation, of the Women's Army Corps and the of the United States Army. That is whack, man. <laughs> it is whack. The Women's Army Corps—they're whack. That's whack. Everyone knows that's whack. Zazu, oh. Valerie Humpet. Cheers. Uh, well, Carl, what you think of this movie? I enjoyed it. Uh, it's not a good film, but I enjoyed it anyway. Uh, it's typical classics of your style that we're not watching the first one. We're watching the fifth one. We're watching the fifth one, right. right and it's right in the middle. Uh, Again, it's because the, the voice of the uh, donkey is also a, plays an actor. I thought that was weird enough. And uh, uh, and that they had, like, it was a ladies thing. Like, he, has to, he crashes a lady's... Uh, Army yeah, and there was no romance, and I credit the film for that because that's the obvious thing. Like in the beginning, there's a whack who's against him, and he doesn't like her, and then by the end, they're kissing. You know? No, yeah. Do you think it's because it's a kids' movie first and foremost that they're just going to skip the romance? I guess so, but they did a lot of sex stuff. You know? Right. I don't think it was. They, gave, they did a lot of sex stuff, so. I can't find, so we both like this movie, and uh, 
I don't know. My, I'm eventually going to have to watch the other four beforehand and then these two that followed. I don't find a trailer for Speak Easily. I find the full film. Right, yeah, and I see that it was reviewed by Zombie Toad. Uh, Does that mean we shouldn't do it? Years. Is that a prominent... Yeah, Zom Zombie Toad did a uh, two-minute review 13 years ago, so I think that might cross... Oh, but Mike, we do something different. We watch the whole film. We're watching the whole movie. Of course, no, we're fine. We're good. Oh, I should mention, Carl... Um, there is Giant Bomb, which is a big deal gaming podcast empire. Okay. They just watched, uh, they did a watch along for The Terminator. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, which we did a couple years get ago. Along, get away with that because of copyright. Well, they don't care. There's, you know, they're younger. They're younger than us. They so just go ahead and do it. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, if you guys want to check out another, because uh, we did The Terminator, we did it as a special show. Right. It's and... not on YouTube because of. You didn't want to risk copyright, and the only way you can get that on YouTube is to be part of our Patreon, which doesn't exist. Right, yeah. We so actually pay you to, to make sure that we don't have a Patreon. Yeah, we'll pay, you, we'll pay we'll... you if you will watch this Terminator, please. you got to yeah. watch the whole thing, though. All right, well, we want to watch next week. As we mentioned, we're going to watch the Buster Keenan-Jimmy Durante pairing speak easily from 1932. As Carl mentioned, we don't have a real trailer for it. We have several versions uh, available, and we'll definitely watch one. Well, here, I'll do a trailer for you. Ready? RKO Radio Pictures presents a radio picture. Oh, it's universal, right? Hey, the guys who hold the contract to Buster Keaton has a Buster Keaton movie. Is it really 1932? Because how could how could O'Connell O'Connor be in it. He no, 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 no. He's not in this one. Speak oh, easily okay. is Buster Keenan and Jimmy Durante. Okay, ah, so it's just a speak. It's a speaker. It's a yeah. It's talk, they did. Talk. It's a prohibition pun. They speak easily. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so here I'll I'll play the trailer for you. Universal Studios presents Hot Shot Jimmy Durante. Hot Cha Cha. Oh, Mrs. Durante, I'll, I'll see you later, you old broad. And that guy who's hanging out at the studio, Buster Keaton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he opens the window. Buster! Come on yeah, in. Yeah, Buster, come on in. Huh? Well, that's... Did you take a shower before we... Where? Where am I going to take a shower? I live in a van. <laughs> By the gate. You know, that's funny. Like, he should go up and, like, not talk because he's a silent star. I wish yeah. he does in these movies. He does. He speaks in a manner that will take you and want you to flush your head down the toilet. I will get that joke after I see this film because... He has a weird talking voice. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like you want... So we're going to watch it. What No Beer is the one I like. It's not on the YouTube, so... Fortunately, him and Jimmy did a bunch of movies together, including Speak Easily from 1932. That'll be our movie next week. So, as always, we are streaming on the Mutiny Radio, so check us out next Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Subscribe to our podcast at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, and you can get the audio every Sunday night, or subscribe to the YouTube channel, same acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, where Carl will sync the movie and the podcast. Carl, anything you'd like to promote? And you do so much work on this. I, I would love to give Carl you. CarlSucks.com. That's Carl the sucks. place to find out what's going on with me. 
Sounds good. And I have nothing going on, so there's nothing to worry about. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Bye. Let's watch Uh, thank you very much. Uh, this is Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Beagleman. Let's watch a full length. MG, it's L W A F L M O Y T. Welcome to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you, man? <laughs> hey, Mike. What's going on? O M G L W A F L M O Y T. That's for yes. your FYI. FYI, O M G, it's L W A F L M O Y T. We are streaming right now as we do every Sunday at 2 p.m on mutinyradio.fm if you haven't checked it out please go to mutinyradio.fm internet radio from san francisco and we're on it we've been on it since 2016 we're on every sunday 2 p.m you can listen to our show first if you'd like to subscribe to our podcast please remember this acronym l w a f l m o y t you type it into your podcast app boom there we are and we are also right now on youtube with a video version of this podcast carl we watch a full-length movie on youtube yeah. with you let us with the audience carl is don't ask uh, me. it's a switcheroo don't ask me about the movie no i was gonna say you are the producer of this show you've written the theme it's, song you you well, talk to celebrity comedians it's, it's, uh, it's a bit of a drag okay carl 
I'm I'm lauding you. And you also research and watch the movies that we watch. We're gonna watch a full length movie on YouTube. This is the old switcheroo. This time mm-hmm. I picked the movie. I researched the movie. I've watched this film three times prior. We're gonna watch it right now. Carl, movie this week is Animal Protector. Animal Protector. Night- 1989 is a David Carradine movie. Really? Direct from video. Yeah, direct from video, as the kids say. And it is hosted, Animal Protector, M-O-H, is it M-O-H? M-H-O. M-H-O Vault. Movies, ho, hey, ho, Vault. Go ahead, type in Animal Corrector, 1989. You're going to find a full-length movie on YouTube. 88. Find a full-length movie on YouTube. You hit the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. And when we say go, we're going to hit go with everyone else. If you're watching us on the YouTube, we are doing something different this week. We're going to be watching the movie uh, on YouTube as part of our video. So hopefully everything still syncs and there's no lag, etc. Uh, Carl, I'm really excited for this movie. And to kick it off, Carl has interviewed a celebrity comedian. I have. Yes. And he's going to talk to the celebrity comedian. We're going to learn about the celebrity comedian. And then celebrity comedian will do the countdown. And when that comedian says go, press go. And we'll start the movie. I haven't listened to this, but it's probably one of my favorites. Take it away, Carl. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown. This time with... Vin Baker! Welcome, Vin! (laughs) Now, Vin, you and I are out there on the comedy scene. We're bumping into each other at shows and most of the time at open mics. Now, I think you're relatively new to comedy. Tell me how long you've been doing this and especially what you got, what started you off. Oh, uh, I'm just basically hitting my year and a half mark right around there. Wow. Uh, so yes, definitely new to comedy. Um, what started me off in comedy, I've always loved it. Always been incredibly interested in it. Always has, I've consumed it since I was a child. And I've always been that kid that I would get in trouble from teachers because they would yell at me because, <laughs> you know, I just love making people laugh. It was it was my thing. Um, this is the typical comedian story. I was, a, I was a fan. I was always the class clown. I wanted to get into it. But what actually made you, I don't know, go to an open mic or step in front of a mic for the first time? Yeah, absolutely. So what made me do that is because I always wanted to do it, but I never had the balls. That was, that was the, the reality of it. And um, Carl, I'll be honest with you. I, I put myself out there for a girl and it didn't work out. Okay, okay, and, uh, you've been there before. Yeah, you know, and I sat there and I said, you know, I feel like crap right now. And if I could sit there and feel like this, I can go up on a mic and bomb and be fine. Okay, okay. And then that's when I took the, I, I started with uh, Chip's class. Okay, so you took the class at the Comedy Cove with Chip Ambrosio. Correct. And that is what, okay, so... Did you do any comedy before that show? Did you go to an Carl, open I think Michael? I lost you. Carl, you still there? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you are. You disappeared for a second. You're back. So, was that the first time you ever did any comedy, was going to the show and learning, or did you, like, try an open mic before you signed up? 
No, so actually, I was researching open mics. I was researching um, like comedy clubs in the area, and Scotty's came up. And then right there in the corner, it said comedy class. And uh, I was like, you know what? Um, yeah, why not? You know, I so I clicked it, and uh, I didn't even know until the first session that it ended with a live show. Oh, okay. And now it's a bringer. Did you bring people? I did bring people. I did bring people. Okay, so who were you in the class with that you're now still friends with, like PJ or John Greer or somebody? Were you in the class with somebody who I associate you with today? No, everyone from the class is, uh, they haven't continued. Okay, and so you met those guys at Scotty's Open Mic? Yes, so I met PJ at uh, at Scotty's, and John Greer I met at uh, Tommy Fox's, one of the shows. Tommy Fox, that's a show that Chip always does. Uh, what is that town, uh, Lynnhurst? Uh... It's uh, uh, Bergenfield, I think. Bergenfield, okay, yeah, that's a popular show, and he rotates people through there. I've had the pleasure to do it once or twice. So you did you come to the table already with some material or some premises in mind? Because I know Chip's yeah. all about the writing. Yes, I um, essentially my first set that I ever wrote was just like stories that I've accumulated over time and that I, I knew they were funny because I always told them to people. And then it just came down to I've never sat there for 10 minutes and told just stories back to back. So I was like, all right, now I have to loop them together. How can gotcha, I make it gotcha. flow? So you did come to the table with something and Chip made it all work. Yeah, Chip is, uh, he's great, honestly. I love him. Yeah. Okay, so a year and a half and already you're skyrocketing. You've got funny material and you're working in this production company, Renegade Comedy Productions. I think you got two shows already completed in June. Tell me about Renegade Comedy Productions. How did it start and what's this all about? So Renegade started, um, I was just sitting there and uh, I love, I, I loved going to shows and um, you know, there are some people that like John Greer puts on a perfect show, like everything from start to finish. He's just so organized with it. And then I've had people where, you know, Carl, you could probably attest to this where it doesn't feel as organized. Um, and I just really wanted to get involved with that. I wanted uh -huh. to, I wanted to see what it felt like behind the scenes of it all, because I love going up on stage and talking, but also at the same time, like, you know, I'm newer to this and there's a yeah. lot of people that um, have been doing it for uh, quite some time and I have a lot to learn from them. So I want to be able to sit there and just watch them do their thing. So um, I was sitting there, I was like, you know, maybe I'll start putting on a show. Maybe, maybe, maybe that'll be uh, the new thing for me. Maybe that's what I want to start to do in 2023, 2024. And uh, 2023 started with me actually doing the fundraiser show for my father. Okay. Um, it's really funny. I worked with Chip on that. So I Wait, what, what, is something's wrong with your dad? So he has an issue or? Yeah, my dad has stage four lung cancer and he started, oh. uh, when he found out he was, um, no longer going to be here, when oh. he got the terminal, uh, diagnosis, he said, instead of just like sitting there and not doing anything, he decided I'm going to help people. So he started collecting cereal for, um, people in need who are hungry, homeless, because it's a food that just doesn't go bad. Right. It so, um, he collected like. It was like 1,500 cereal boxes. Then he hit 2,000. And I was sitting there, and I'm like, here you are doing comedy shows. You should do a fundraiser, man. So I talked to him, and he was 100% about it. Uh -huh. And then on New Year's Eve of 2020, 
turning into 2023. Right. He ended up in the hospital, and we didn't know if he was going to make the weekend or not. Oh, okay. And lo and behold, he fought through. He's a fighter. He got through. And I'm like, all right, you've been thinking about this. Now I have to I now I have to do action. I have to make this show happen. So I didn't know how to do that, though. So I called Chip because that's always, like, my go-to person sure. to do something in comedy. And Chip said, give me, give me a day. Give me one day, and we'll have, we'll have venues. And literally the next day he messaged me, and he said, we have this place, this place, this place, this date, this date, this date. Wow. And we landed on, I think it was, um, actually, I have the poster right here. Because I'm going to frame it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we ended up Valley Burger and Brew. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was on the 27th of uh, January. We did Valley the show. Burger and Brew. Yeah. What, that's, a, that's in New York. That's... Um... Uh, Rivervale, New Jersey. River. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, I did that show with Chip. Uh, Chip helped me out a lot. And we ended up, uh, you know, it was a fundraiser. They're, they're easy to sell out. But nonetheless, we sold it out. That was a great feeling. Um, and that kind of solidified. I was like, all right, I want to I want to take that next step. I want to be behind the scenes. And then um, here we are now. I was 